The name of the booklet that I'm reading from is called The Epic of the Messiah, or Ikvasa de Meshicha, translated into English by... I don't know who translated it. But originally it was written by Rebel Chonan Wasserman. And the section of Ikvasa de Meshicha is taken from a sefer called Kovitz Mamorim. And I'll read in translation what Rebel Chonan Wasserman wrote. The Epic of Messiah Introduction. <coughs> The period through which <coughs> we are now passing <coughs> is one unique of its kind, especially on the stage of Jewish life. We are eyewitnesses to happenings which have never before come into our experience. Sensations burst upon us with astounding lightning force, and we stand smitten with wonder and uncomprehending before these events and you shall be mad from the visions of your eyes by Yisam Meshuga when does this apply as long as our approach derives from and is based upon mortal wisdom but if we delve deeply into the Torah we shall find everything clear and certain all the events in Jewish history, both past and present, were foreseen from the very beginning by the Torah and traditional Agadah. Everything in the Torah is fact, absolute, and irrevocable. Thousands of years ago we were told, and God shall scatter you among all the peoples from one end of the earth to the other. This prophecy has become reality. If there were to be found a up to now scattered corners on the face of the globe, which were empty of Jewish habitation, today the refugees have reached even there. If we want to interpret contemporary events, we must search after verses the statements which deal with the period known as the Messiah's time. That is the period of transition from exile to redemption. If we compare the scriptures which with events we shall see in the Torah a clear vision of all that happens to us and the causative factors. Everything spoken in these verses has become real, and all events were prophesied from, prophesied from the beginning. Let us begin to look in the Torah. In the story of the Jewish people, we can distinguish several well-defined periods. The period of the Tanoim, the period of the Amoraim, of Savroi, Gaonim, and later rabbis. The latest period is known in Holy Writ as Acharis Hayomim, the end of days, and the Gemara calls it Ikvusha de Meshicha, the era of the Messiah. The expression end of days comprises the immediate period before the redemption and the redemption itself, whereas time of the Messiah refers only to the last days of bondage. Maimonides states in reference to this period that all the words of the prophets are full of this. In truth, in the Chumash as well as in the Nevi'im, the state of Israel 
both spiritual and material, is described. In Daniel 12, it is written that the oppression of these days will exceed anything that happened to Israel from the day it became a nation. That is, will outdo even the oppression at the time of the Churban Bias, the destruction of the temple. This thing is also mentioned in Yirmiyah 30. The rabbis who foresaw the terror of the epic of the Messiah declared, May it come, but let me not see it. The Gon of Vilna wrote, The redemption is called rebirth. Zion hath hailed and born. The Hebrew people will then be reborn, and just as the pains, the birth pangs, herald the birth, and develop as the time of birth approaches, so also will the Messianic pangs precede the redemption. And towards the approach of the Messiah, increase in severity from day to day. This same sequence of events was experienced in Mitzrayim, Egypt. At the beginning of the last phase of the Egyptian subjugation, Pharaoh decreed, Let the work be heavier. heavier. Tichbad ha'avada. Straw is not given. We are told to make bricks. In our days, too, countries are to be found which deprive the Jews of all means of livelihood and at the same time increase their burden of taxation. The Song of Hazinu. The Song of Hazinu is the only portion of the Torah which opens with special introduction and finishes with an epilogue. This serves to emphasize the great significance of this section. What is said therein? Everything which will happen to Israel until the coming of the Redeemer. A few verses which we will here recount according to Rashi's explanation, relate exclusively to the epic of the Messiah, for the Lord will judge his people and repent himself for his servants. That is, after the Lord judges Israel with the chastisements which are predestined for them, the promise, and he will repent himself for his servants, will be fulfilled will come the redemption when when he seeth that their stay is gone and there is none remaining when the almighty sees the power of israel seizing for lack of a deliverer and savior then will he send his rightful messiah so also says the prophet and i looked and there was none to help and I beheld an astonishment that there was none to uphold therefore mine own arm hath brought salvation unto me, Pasuk and Yeshaya, Isaiah. And he saw that there was no man, Ayarkianish, that is, that there are none even to pray for them. And it is said, where are their gods, the rock in whom they trusted? God shall ask, where are the idols whom you hoped would be a shield to you? Who did eat the fat of their sacrifices, to whom you have offered the best of your sacrifices? Let them rise up and help you. All the above verses affirm that before the redemption, the Jews will err after various forms of idol worship, and from time to time will transfer their hope from one to another. What is the nature of the idol worship to which they have given allegiance? First, we must understand the meaning of the con conception idol worship. 
any matter which appears to man as a controlling factor independent of God's will and able to do good or evil is included in idolatry. Let us now review all the idols which were worshipped in the last hundred years. The Enlightenment of Berlin, or better, foolishness of Berlin, promised a great salvation. As soon as the breeze of liberalism began to blow, the Jews hastened to stand in the foremost ranks of its exponents. After liberalism has made its exit, they turn to democracy, socialism, communism, and to other isms which have come down upon our generation in such great profusion. To these idols they made sacrifices of blood and money and were betrayed by all of them. Not even one justified the faith that had been pinned on it. Not only that, but all these isms died a sudden death and vanquished and vanished abruptly. How can this phenomenon be explained? In Yechaskel, chapter 29, it is said that Egypt will be punished because they have been a staff or reed in the house of Israel. That is, because Israel put their trust in them. If so, the question arises, what is the transgression and sin of the Egyptians? But one of the principles of the Torah is that all idolatry has one end, annihilation. And in all the gods of Egypt will I do judgment, and the idols shall utterly vanish. Once Israel hoped in Egypt, it became an idol. Our eyes have witnessed an amazing happening, 16 million socialists. In one land disappeared literally overnight, hardly a memory remaining of them. This is also idolatry for which the Jews were not loth to make sacrifices to give their lives. They believed in communism for freedom and equality were in its wake. The red government has given a practical demonstration of what this hope for freedom and equality are. We have been given to know that every idol in which we put our faith has disappointed and deceived us. And God says, let them rise up and help you. See now that I, even I, am he. The time has arrived for you to understand that besides me there is no Savior. But they refuse to understand. They still clutch at the skirts of dying democracy. This also will not help. This also has no real value. I'm in the middle of page 13, Epic of Messiah, the translation from the section of Kovitz Malmurim of Rebel Hanan Basserman.